Welcome to the Sandbox. Welcome to the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. It is great to be back to the normal schedule. Uh, we just got finished up in Houston last week. Uh, some of you may have seen the episodes that we dropped, just kind of with those themes from the, the ELCA gathering. Uh, it was great. It was fantastic. My voice is still not back. We've met so many of you and uh, got to connect, find out what you love, find out what you're passionate about, make sandcastles. And uh, and just hang out together, be community, and and now we're back to being virtual community. And yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, and I imagine a lot of you are relatively new listeners, so uh, welcome. Uh, for those of you who aren't, uh, welcome back to yeah. the regularly scheduled episodes, I guess. And thanks for being, a, and thanks for hanging with us, and 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 growing with us, and uh, and being a part of this thing. Absolutely. Uh, so today, I I don't want to waste a whole lot of time getting into this. I I'm pretty excited about this this topic and this conversation that we're going to share with you uh, today. And it's this is actually going to be the beginning of a of a two part. Uh, conversation uh, around a project called Reimagined Songs, mm. and uh, I, uh, you know, we've talked about this occasionally. I'm a musician, um, and I think a lot about music as art, and and kind of the way that music and art can help us open up uh, our spirits and our our perspectives into the, a way of seeing something different. Uh, and that's mm. one of the things I'm excited about for this project. Yeah, I am too. And I'm not uh, what I'm not a musician. I mean, we're I think we're all musicians in our own way, but I, I am not a, a trained musician, but music opens up new understandings, new horizons, uh, cracks open new ideas for me, and I really appreciate this this medium. I really appreciate this art, and and when it's done with uh, with attention to detail, uh, man, it's 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 a real gift. Yeah. So I want to I kind of let the episode speak for itself, but uh, just want to get into this conversation. Uh, we spoke with Chris Triplino, who's the person who started this project and uh and we're really excited to to share it with you so with that welcome to episode 67 the reimagined songs project part one so we're hanging out here in the sandbox cooperative studio with chris Tripolino. welcome chris yeah good thanks. to have you thanks a lot so uh you're working on a brand new project tell us a little bit about what you're up to yeah well uh so it's not sort of my normal sort of project that might just be about me writing some songs and whatever but uh this project is uh, decidedly more bold and uh, far-reaching. This is uh, something we're calling the Reimagined Songs Project. And it uh, actually, the intent was to be bigger than I could just do on my own. <laughs> yeah. so, mm -hmm. so we're uh, gathering a bunch of, of songwriters together and church leaders and connectors and uh, putting all those pieces together and writing 200 new songs that can be sung by communities um, in in the course of six weeks is kind of the the frame of the project. Six weeks. <laughs> six weeks, two hundred songs. Um, why? Um, well, there's probably some existential stuff in there, but like uh, <laughs> uh, the the numbers are all kind of arbitrary. Sure. Really, it was it was just a way of getting in motion. Yeah. Where it's like. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I sort of fell into with this was just realizing that we, um, well, for me, my, I, I had this realization that my career has been spent, um, hoping and trying to, <laughs> trying to be accessible and followable and sort of a, a provocateur for the broader church. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so as I see the, the kind of perils of 
of church, mm-hmm. uh, the, the decline of, of engagement with the church and a uh, sense of relevance and value evaporating, um, that I, I wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up in church was, I mean, I, I had a great experience with that growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I I wanted to dive in a little bit. And and so what happened was I, I, I kind of had this moment where I realized that uh, everything that I'd been trying to do was uh, was through other other structures and other you know conversations and whatever I was I was pushing at different different things in the institutional organizational and just sort of like leadership mm-hmm. realms and had that moment of realizing that my best stuff is actually in music and empowering musicians mm-hmm. and so we started pulling some stuff together and sure. here we here go we are yeah. yeah. So you were talking about the decline and the kind of, I don't know, evaporation of of what church I think has been and, and why it's important and all of that. Mm-hmm. And you're a musician, and, and what you can bring to the table is is a love for music and a way of getting at uh, the Jesus narrative, the Jesus story, in, sure. in such a way through this that that makes sense. And so, how are you bringing that gift uh, to the table? Yeah. Well. Um... So I think the the other piece of of my sort of vocation right now is you know I've been working for a, a church in the cities for uh, in the Twin Cities um, that is called Jacob's Well and we uh, um, I've really spent a lot of time and energy really <laughs> trying to reclaim some of that relevance and value for people and mm-hmm. um, and so I think I've I've been embedded in that community now for five years. And so it, it feels like it's taken some of that time to really get to know uh, people who've really struggled with uh, with all of the faith, God, church stuff, mm-hmm. people who have been out the door or close to it or have just haven't even had any experience with the church. And, um, and really, you know, taking those people and their perspectives seriously, taking... Uh, you know, treating them as as whole people mm-hmm. and and people that we can, you know, we can share stories with and and learn uh, together, and and so both in in the music and then in that that kind of sort of relational perspective, I think that those things coming together for me have been really important and powerful and really essential for for some of this. It's it's forced me, you know, I have people in mind uh, as I mm-hmm. as I think about some of this stuff, mm-hmm. people who've talk to me about the just the the painful experiences of of church the the distractors and the um like almost the the abuse that they've suffered at the hands of the church mm-hmm. and uh seeing what that translates to uh, and how to um how to make little tweaks that are not like they don't impact theology they don't impact some of the fundamentals of whatever it's just like being courteous and being yeah. aware of yeah. what it is that that are just like red flags and just you know kind of painful pokes that mm-hmm. we don't even have to have in there. Hey there, it's Timothy Franzik, aka Brother Timothy from Stillwater, Minnesota. What draws me to the reimagined songs project? Question mark. It's an epic uh, magnet that's drawing me in because the reimagined word is what's 
what's uh, the draw? It's not just for the music, but certainly for the whole church. I feel like most churches are atrophying, and the ones that are growing tend to be the ones that I don't align with as much, I don't resonate with as much. So we need to be creating beautiful music and compelling music because I've learned one thing over my 55 years it's that really like shaming people or 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 uh, hellfire and brimstone or or just plain old out arguing people it only goes so far and usually that doesn't change people what really changes me what changes people is beauty and uh, the the beauty of truth uh, you know, uh, and the just plain old beauty, it could just be a guitar line and someone can turn around and walk the other direction just based on that. Something beautiful is what changes my heart and I believe what changes the heart and mind of humankind. So I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure you could get on the rabbit hole of this, but... Uh, one of the things that I know about the project is you've got a set of, uh, th- thinking about this, there's a set of distractions that you've kind of lifted up. Uh, right. I'm curious, maybe share a little bit of those and, and where did they come from or what yeah, are you sure. seeing that? Yeah, well, so a lot of it started, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, as a, as a music leader for Jacob's Well, I have been collecting and writing uh, songs this whole time that I've, that I've been a part of it. And... Um, and, and it hasn't just been some kind of uh, sacred music enclave. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a, a much broader spectrum for us and, and have full kind of freedom in that. Uh, and so I guess the, the, the distractions that I've mm-hmm. named have been um, things that I've lived with in this time and, and sort of gotten bits and pieces of and and for a lot of them it's just been a, a clearer articulation of those things that I've already used sure. as I'm sorting you know it's my own rubric of how am I pulling songs into mm-hmm. our library and so uh, yeah so let me read a couple of those um, so, so we got six of them and uh, first one is Jesus is my boyfriend <laughs> nice I just um, I just love that that's in there and yeah, let's just and let's, let's just, just say it. Call it number one. Put it right out there. Uh, I had a fun little exercise with that one that I encouraged people to, you know, pull their favorite pop forty tune, top forty tune off the radio and, um, uh, you know, insert Jesus anytime it says baby. Nice. Uh, or the flip, you know, take your your favorite <laughs> contemporary worship song and insert baby anytime it says Jesus, and just see like there's there's some interesting crossover there, you know. Like, so yeah. some salt and pepper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Or like Ed Sheeran, you know, there like a go. little bit of like you you throw a little uh, Ed Sheeran in a you know, little Jesus and Ed Sheeran, and and you you kind of have a little <laughs> Chris Tomlin vibe going. There I don't it know. Is. <laughs> so. Um, no, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those one of those strange things where we've sort of centralized um, this this faith stuff and mm. and it really is ironic to a lot of people, you know, as they look at the church from the outside and say, well, isn't this the same <laughs> the same church, the same organization, whatever that uh, has really pushed away at some of the the sensuality, the the stuff of the flesh, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and they look at that and like, yeah, it's that sounds pretty intimate. Like that actually, if you, 
It sounds kind of dirty, to be honest. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the second one is heaven has an address. And um, here, that's one of, those, one of those things where it just feels like um, in our, our kind of unwitting way, we've, we've let this whole concept of heaven be boxed into mm-hmm. a very narrow box. We've let, mm-hmm. uh, we've let the cartoon <laughs> animators uh, or the, uh, the joke tellers <laughs> really define what that looks like. You know, it's, it's uh, a cloud with some pearly gates and St. Peter's standing there with his little podium or whatever. And Somebody's got a harp. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's some, happening. Some cherubs. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then the, the, the big bearded white dude somewhere off, uh, you know, in his private. It sounds private like the far, it's the far side, I think. Right. It's yeah, I know. Side. Yeah. But so, um, and, and I don't know, laughable as some of that feels yeah. like that's honestly mm-hmm. the kind of language that we use. And so uh, to name that too and examine it and say, you know what, I don't think that it's quite what we think it is. And um, I, I think that that's something that we're coming to terms with as, as a church, and that's something that we're um, seeing society just completely reject. Like, are you serious? You know, yeah. the, mm-hmm. this is um, whether it's. Right. I mean, you're all over the place. Just uh, I, I think about Bill Maher, his classic line of, "Oh, so you believe in the talking snake, right?" Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like because mm-hmm. it's not just this doctrine of heaven that we're talking about. It's this is it's like all of those kinds. Of this things. is all of the stuff mm-hmm. where where Christianity has just become this punchline, right? right? Right, and that's where it gets destructive because our you know when it's viewed that that's your ultimate concern is getting to heaven. If your ultimate concern is getting to heaven is being in a far side cartoon, well. Now we've got a problem. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. What kind of, what are we really yeah. talking about? Yeah. And just the way that, I mean, you know, I think uh, being a musician too, obviously like the way, the things that we sing and the way that we just repeat those words mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And then like, in some ways it's absolutely not surprising that we can't separate, Yeah. you know, do we, do we actually think this is exactly this or is this language metaphor? Like right. it's, it's totally understandable that we wouldn't know how to make sense of those things because- yeah. When you sing them week after week after week, right. they just kind of get ingrained. It becomes foundational. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going to try to quote him, but, um, you know, Peter Rollins, I think, was saying uh, something about how the, um, the, the people in the pews don't believe mm-hmm. what, you know, what it is that they're hearing. The, the musicians are just hired guns who come in and... Uh, you know, are paid for their work, and the the pastors don't believe half of what they're saying, right? And it's like, it's like this mm-hmm. this farce that we've got going. Um, and I don't I don't mean that with all of what we say. And I I, I realize that that's that's a, a statement that's probably more bold than I'm willing to fully make. But <laughs> like, um, but I I think that there's something to that of of the disingenuity of of all of that. The right. um, you know, it's just it's mm-hmm. not. Not real, not honest or authentic. And so much of that, I think, comes from, you know, especially thinking about, like, you know, what pastors are saying or what other staff members are saying. I mean, I think there's, especially in a a lot of places, I don't know that it's always true everywhere, but in a lot of places, there's kind of the fear of, well, if I, if I let people know that I believe that or let people know that I don't, don't think that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's going to happen either yeah. to me, to my job, to my security, to this congregation who right. suddenly there was a thing they held on to and now it falls apart in front of them. Right. Um, and so there's all those fears. But I think 
the irony of the whole thing is that it's actually those fears that are like us not being willing to engage with those ideas yeah. is actually what's causing the problems. It's what's causing our, our disconnect with each other. Yeah. 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 What I really value about the reimagined song project is that it's a, uh, it's, it's really lifting up and cultivating songs that, that speak to both the soul and the body songs that are that are theologically complex and yet rooted in authentic human experiences of vulnerability and struggle without minimizing the depth of our questions and our fears and our doubts but instead celebrating and honoring them as part of the, the song and the story and I, I need more music like that in my life music like that makes me feel alive music like that honors um my full humanity um and I really want to be a part of a collective that's that's creating that type of music and bringing more of that into the world. That excites me, and, and so that's why I'm I'm jazzed about what's going down with the Re- Reimagined Song Project. So what do we got? What's the yeah. next one? Yeah, number three. <laughs> uh, God has boy parts. So yeah, this is this is um, this is I I I don't even think that I realized how provocative this. This one yeah. might be. Mm-hmm. Um, There's been some fun conversation in that <laughs> Facebook group. Right. Yeah, it's true. And um, and some of that I, I'm just willing to leave alone. But there's there's something that I'm not, not willing to let go of in this. And I think that for, for us who are trying to take God, faith, and church – seriously, uh, to take the Bible seriously, Mm -hmm. um, that we have to be willing to explore the, the, the themes and the metaphors and the, you know, like we have to look at all of it and, and I think keep coming at it with, with curiosity instead of certainty. And, um, and that's, I, I think that this is really poking at at a piece of, of that mm-hmm. where we just haven't been willing to examine this. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of the all the songs that that just constantly say father, um, you know, that that just talk about he 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 as 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 we're talking about God. Mm-hmm. I mean that stuff, um, you know, I I talk to people who who really struggle with that kind of language that that thinking about God as a usually white man mm-hmm. is a really uh, destructive and painful mm-hmm. thing for them. It's not something they're willing to entertain. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think that's, I mean, that's not a deal breaker. And, right. and not only that, but, um, you know, I think it, when, when we take some time and examine, you know, the, the whole of the ideas that are in the biblical narrative, like we, it's, it's really easy to miss the feminine nature of the divine that is right. equally as, as helpful. But, you know, again, we've had this weird, for some reason, we've kind of set it aside. It's like, that's not as helpful or not as important. And actually right. when you, I think, I think when you really begin to explore those ideas, there's a whole world that opens up. Right. It's not, it's not just, um, it's some, with some of these distractions, like one of the things yeah. I see is that it's not just, you know, don't say this because yeah. it can be harmful. It's also like, don't miss the other thing that's on the other side right. of it. And that's, that's really been a, a piece of this focus as I've been talking with people about it. It's trying to, this is trying to push our creativity into a different direction mm-hmm. that I'm not trying to make judgments about the language that we have used mm-hmm. uh, or 
or you know what you should or shouldn't use. But for this project, we're going to try to avoid some of the the old tropes, the old yeah. kind mm-hmm. of ways of of thinking and talking and being, mm-hmm. and explore something new because I th- I think that both stylistically and from a linguistic standpoint, we've really funneled mm-hmm. the ways that we do church music. Sure. And, you know, when I think about, I mean, all you have to do is is just scratch just a little bit below the surface of this, uh, this male language, this patriarchy that mm-hmm. we have, and you're like, oh my gosh, all kinds of stuff starts falling apart. Right. And... Uh, and so I understand that to be true. But as you say this and you go and you're putting this out on social media, mm-hmm. I mean, do you find that people are like, so you're saying I'm wrong? I mean, so you're saying that my view of God is is wrong because it's male. I mean, like, sure. what, what's what's the argument? What's the pushback that you're getting on yeah, this? Yeah, well, um, I I haven't heard quite that, that line yet. Sure. But like the, you know, some of the feedback has been... Well, Jesus always talked about God as a father, and yeah. Jesus is sort of our, you know, our, our example. Our, you so know, you're saying Jesus so, is wrong. So is Jesus misleading us or whatever? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and um, and so for me, I really, I really keep coming back to, um, f- uh, trying to focus our creativity, trying to, to really spark something mm-hmm. new, mm-hmm. or something that. Um, that has been lost. Something that's mm-hmm. you know other yeah. other ways of being, other threads of of communicating yeah. all of this stuff. Because it's it's hard to talk about um, the the intangibles. I think one of the other things that I that I hear in this a little bit is like it's just it's just pure creativity in its best sense. Like yeah. um, how creative is it to use the same right. words and the same tools that we already have yeah. to make more of the same stuff? I mean, isn't just Aside from the need of people to better connect with our communities and and having better language and different ways of framing things, aside from all of that, which I think is obviously really helpful, mm-hmm. um, a, a better creative exercise is to actually make something new. Right. Yeah, and that's that's really the heart of this. And what I what I really keep pushing, you know, as I met with songwriters and church leaders and whatever before even embarking on this project, one of the most common things that I was experiencing was people who were um, sort of suggesting limits to mm-hmm. it um, who would say, well, you know, maybe you should just give give a couple Bible verses and, you know, like let people write from there. Or maybe you should say, J- we're just using the Psalms or whatever. And there have been a lot of, a lot of interesting sort of projects that have been birthed out of something like that. Um, but for me, this was really about trying to remove all of the, all of the formal constraints uh, without um sort of stifling creativity at the same time because you know that's one of those sort of uh strange strange mm-hmm. dichotomies that that creative constraints often actually help the creative process mm-hmm. um you know it's the the tyranny of the blank page mm-hmm. and uh so when we have something you know a starting place uh, or, or have some some fences to what what it is that we're creating, you know, frame. Um, then we we can actually use that in really creative ways. Um, and so we're we're finding other ways of doing that. You know, we're we're offering daily writing prompts, and mm-hmm. we're um, you know trying to trying to give access to some other songwriters who are highly experienced and and really 
really bright with this and offering some other other coaching and feedback and some of those things to help people stay on the songwriting road. Yeah. How do we take the blinders off and, and just kind of see more of what's out there? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And not be overwhelmed by it though too. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. Still try to try to write something right. that, that can articulate a little sliver of that. Yeah. Hi, my name is Josh Cleveland. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And what draws me to this project um, is the idea of creating a narrative of truth that maybe we've always thought before to bring into worship music, uh, but just never spent enough time to figure out how to do it and why to do it and the importance of doing it. Um, so to create new songs um, that accurately depict what our personal theology is and what the theology is of our faith and the narrative and story of that uh, is super important. and. I think can connect us uh, in, in new ways and in deeper ways. Uh, so that's why this project is um, draws me in, uh, is just to find new ways to connect through the truth of our of our faith journey, of our story, of our struggles, of our doubts, of our hopes, uh, and the truth of who Jesus is and who we are collectively as uh, followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, what's the next one? Next one, Ebenezer's and Melchizedek's. <laughs> uh, so basically, you know, it's it's this uh, this obscure Bible language, um, mm-hmm. and and really that it's sort of a stand-in for um, for insider language. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's this stuff that we do that uh, requires advanced degrees in theology just to understand it, or or a real um, prolonged familiarity with. The whole of the Bible, you know, with with every mm-hmm. every story, and and a lot of those things, um, you know, I've I've enjoyed and and have spent a lot of time peeling back layers of hymns and whatever. But um, but in terms of giving people access to the the guts of a song, mm-hmm. I, I don't want that to be wrapped up in some kind of insider language that um, that only people in the club can get mm-hmm. on yeah. the first pass or i mean the other thing that i see a lot is uh not just that people in the club get it but uh they think that they should get it yeah and often don't even ask right right so i think there the the problem is far beyond you know whether mm-hmm. someone has been connected with the church community or not there's there's mo- most of the time almost yeah. i would say where you know people have been part of the church their whole life and they find it helpful but they don't have any clue what those words mean and they aren't going to ask right and and actually those those two words are fine examples of that that yeah. you know mm-hmm. i I've, I've been in lots of those very uh churchy conversations about some of those kind of things mm-hmm. and and what what is that thing what's it what is an ebenezer and what what's happening with it and why do we raise it yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there's yeah. that line a line in the song here i raise my ebenezer and yeah. it's disturbed me for a long long time but i <laughs> so when i when I when I have been critical of insider language, when I've been critical of church language, the Ebenezer's and the mm. Melchizedek's and all of that sort of thing, I get accused of dumbing dumbing it down. Yeah. And if you want to make um, my skin crawl, excuse yeah. accuse me of, yeah. <laughs> of dumbing it down. Yeah. But what, what what would you respond to that with? Yeah. Well, so, and I think that. I'm I'm not trying to create or to inspire the creation of some Spartan art, you know, of yeah. some just like, um, you know, 
just plain concrete. You know, <laughs> this is not what we're right. what we're going for. And um, hopefully, this um, art will speak for itself in a lot of mm -hmm. that. So it's not going to be a matter of me having to, you know, make a an argument for it. Right. Because I think that what's going to come through this is going to be a lot of really artful, really thoughtful, really deep, um, mm -hmm. deep art. And and so in, in my situation, I think that, that I can let that sort of speak for itself. Sure. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, within the church, there's, uh, or at least good chunks of the broader church, there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of pride wrapped up in knowing and mm -hmm. um, just being being very, um, very bookish, very um, theological, very erudite, you know, it's just like we are so thoughtful, we've thought through all of these things and, and I'm, I'm really just not interested in, in playing those games of, mm -hmm. of sounding smart and whatever, because this is really about connecting people and about helping to facilitate that spiritual journey and the, the transformation of the broader church to something that is truly valuable and truly relevant mm -hmm. to the people that it, it claims to love. <laughs> You have been plundered, you have been robbed From the one that tells you you are not enough You have been stolen, you have been seized By the one that tells you I am well pleased For you are not yours, you are freed indeed from all the plagues that passed on for repeat For you are not yours, you are freed indeed So be the flower that blooms for all to see Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. To stay up to date with all the things that are going on in the Sandbox, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or sign up for our mailing list at sandboxcooperative.com. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think about the podcast. And if you'd like, and this would be really helpful for us, rate and review us on iTunes. Join us in the conversation. And as always, be sure to share this podcast with someone who might like it, because there's always more room in the Sandbox. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox. <laughs>